Mike Babcock is back in the NHL. Not only is he back in the NHL, but he is coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets. News broke yesterday. Jay and I will react as many of you have already reacted. We'll bring that for you today here on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Heilshorn, and with me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, we want to thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. This one today is sponsored by Game Time. Great place to buy tickets. Jay's going to a ball game today, so I'm sure he used that to buy his tickets, but that's besides the point. He's not even focused on the ball game today because the Blue Jackets have their coach for the future. It's been a Wild process. Uh, this guy's name wasn't in the mix originally, and then it was in the mix, and then it seemed like it was out of the mix. And now, as of just yesterday, out of nowhere, Darren Dredger just tweets out that he's at the Memorial Cup and that it's being circled around, I don't know, media people, that it's it's happening pretty much. And they're all just waiting for his lease contract to expire. Which is still, te- he's still technically getting paid by the Leafs, yes. Um, and then Aaron Portsline also tweeted something out. You know, how Aaron tweets, he tweets like he's such a writer and he teased like, oh, something big is happening. Like there's something that's waiting. There's a reason why they're waiting for the announcement or something along the lines. But Jay, Mike Babcock, you and I have had multiple conversations about Mike Babcock already. And you are very much a voice of the fans in this one because a lot of the fans did not like this hire. They do not like it. And I understand why, because he has some history when it comes to some star players in the league and beefing with them. But just I'll just get to your thoughts overall. When you, First of all, you called it, by the way. You said you'd be flying over here, and then that's when News they announced only it. Breaks. News only breaks when I am <laughs> unable to tweet about it. I am either sleeping, actively recording, or uh, on a plane. Those yeah. are the only times that news breaks for the Blue Jackets. So uh, you're welcome, I guess, for for forcing the issue. Um, I'm getting back on a plane on Friday, so I'm sure something else horrible will happen. Will happen then. But what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts I when thought you when you saw it? <laughs> so <laughs> like, oh, let's go through this. Well, let's, out, hold on. New graphics. Okay, go. Let me set this up. So Jay's on a plane, right? He's he's on vacation. Jay's just trying to enjoy, you know, some time off. And he, like, you know, when you take your phone off airplane mode, you just get a bunch of texts, and it's just Mike Babcock in your face while you're in the cabin. What are your thoughts when it hits you? Like, just boom. So my initial thought was, um, you know that bit in The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob keeps stepping on rakes? That's what it feels (laughs) like with this team hiring head coaches. They stepped on the Tortorella rake. They stepped on the Brad Larson rake. This time, they seem to have gone out of their way to avoid not stepping on a rake. And, like, I don't know, just looking at all of the names that we talked about and, like, okay, Andrew Brunette off the table. Um, Peter Laviolette apparently back 
on the table. Pascal Vincent was an option. Um, you know, Patrick Roy, a late ad. Um, this just felt like the worst possible choice of all of the names that were in the mix. Um, like, excepting, excepting Quenville, who I don't think was ever really in the mix. Um, I just, I don't get it. And, like, there's a... There's a lot you can say about, and I'm sure we're going to get into it, there's a lot you can say about how he's treated young players in this league, how he's treated treated star players in this league. I have seen, uh, you know, comments from uh, Johan Franzen when he was with the Red Wings about how he was terrified to go to work because he knew that Babcock was just going to lay into him all day. I have seen tweets from uh, Mark Fraser, who used to play for the Leafs. I have seen tweets from Carlo Kaliakovo. Um I don't think I've seen anyone have a good, like a former player, have a good word to say about this dude. And like, you can get into that. And I think that's a really serious conversation that we need to have about why you want a player that, uh, excuse me, why you want a coach with that kind of, um, that kind of uh, reputation Mm -hmm. around your team of young, impressionable players. Um, But even if we take all of that aside and we look at him as a coach, Yes, he has been a very successful coach. He has not won in the playoffs since 2013, 20, uh, since 2012-2013. Um, that was the last time a uh, Babcock coach team won a playoff series. I just, I see a lot of people being like, well, it's about accountability and he'll hold the, he'll hold the players accountable and he'll be a hard ass. And like, yeah, okay, but if he's going to be a hard ass, he should win games. And that's always been the criticism of the Blue Jackets is that even when they have good regular seasons, they can't win in the playoffs. Like, I don't understand what the, the logic is. Hiring a guy like Mike Babcock, who by all accounts is not good to his players and also can't win in the playoffs in today's NHL. You know, yes, he was a very, very successful coach with the, with the Red Wings back in the day. That was 10 years ago. It's been 10 years. The game has moved on. The game has changed. He hasn't been in the NHL for the last four and a half years. No. I think you got that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's such a baffling hire. And I'm starting to wonder, and this is something we could talk about in the next segment, maybe. Yamakekalainen might not be as good of a GM as we've all been saying. And that feels reactionary to this one hire. But I don't know. I think there's, I think we can look into kind of the last couple of years of Yamo, outside of drafting, which I think is by far his biggest strength. But you look at the free agents he's brought in, you look at the coaching hires he's made, like, I don't know, it just... I'm starting to think that maybe Yamo is... Uh, maybe Yamo has outstayed his welcome in Columbus. Yeah, let's get to that. Let's get to that. But, uh, but first, we get before we get to that, I want to remind you, again, that game time is a phenomenal place to buy tickets for any event that you go to. You know, buying tickets for your favorite event, it should not be stressful. You should just be able to get on, pick and choose where you want to sit. You should be able to get a good price. Game Time provides all that for anything, sports, music, comedy, any sort of theater near you. Look it up on Game Time. I guarantee there's a there's a good chance that they have it. I won't guarantee that they do have it, depending on what it is. But there's a good chance that they have the game or the play or the show that you want to see. So snag the tickets without the stress. Uh, using Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL. You get twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL. 
for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yes. So back to Yarmo. And the question you pose is, is this Yarmo's last chance? And I think you can also fuse that question together with why Mike Babcock? Because I think maybe Yarmo did feel like this was his last coaching hire. And I did think maybe he also felt like I'm going to get the best coach, the best hockey coach available right now. Because when, when this move happened, a lot of people were like, I don't understand. Like, we're not a Stanley Cup winning team. This is a guy that is ready to coach a Stanley Cup winning team. That's all he did was coach teams that were built for that. He went from Detroit to Toronto, where the expectation was through the roof. Like, how is he going to coach a rebuilding Blue Jackets team? It's probably going to be the hardest job he's ever had. But I think when it comes down to it, Yarmo looks at this upcoming year the way that he should. And it's that we need to try to win a Stanley cup. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The turnarounds in the NHL can happen quick. It happened with New Jersey this past year. Granted, they did amazing in free agency, even though they didn't get Johnny Gaudreau, they still did amazing bring, bringing in Palat and, and other pieces. They turned it around quickly. Uh, that's just professional sports. You can turn things around quickly and it just, the right coaching hire can do that. Is Mike Babcock the right coaching hire? I think if you want wins, he is. I think if you want a productive team on opening night, he is going to be the first one for that. And I think a lot of people have had concerns about how the players feel about this. This is uh, Blue Jackets defenseman Zach Rowensky. He, he said he didn't speak directly about Babcock's hiring, but a text message, he said, quote, Myself and the other players trust Yarmo completely to make the right decision. And at the end of the day, we all want to win hockey games, end quote. And this just reminds me a little bit of like when the when Ohio State, this is going to be completely irrelevant for some of you guys, but when Ohio State football hired Urban Meyer to coach the Buckeyes, it was very controversial because he had came from Florida. A lot of stuff had happened in Florida that he didn't take care of necessarily, but he had won two national championships. So Ohio State fans were like, OK, we're getting some baggage with this guy, but like he wins. And then he came here. He won. He was even worse of a person than Mike Babcock was at any of those places. But you still talk to players about the guy, Urban Meyer, and they say glowing things about him which is surprising to me because some of the guys that I know that know Urban Meyer are like the nicest dudes and they have great things to say. So I think every single individual has a different opinion of him. When it comes to the kind of character you're bringing into the locker room, <clears throat> it can be a problem if you're bringing in an old guy that wants to influence kind of his, his way of things, which obviously is what a coach should do. But more importantly, like, a guy that needs his ego fed. I feel like Torts was a little bit like that guy, and some of these older coaches definitely can can come across like that, and I'm sure are like that. But I think genuinely, at the bottom of his heart, Babcock just wants to win games. I really think he just wants to win games. And that's scary for fans because they're like, okay, well, I don't want a guy that's going to do whatever it takes because that's probably going to step over some feelings and some people are going to be forgotten about. I don't think that's the case with him either, though, because – he says he feels terrible about what he did to Mitchell Marner and what he put him through. I don't know if he's, I don't want to say he used the word terrible, but he does feel bad about what happened to Mitch Marner. And he has 
given out uh, direct apologies to those players. And maybe those players have been able to accept that. But either way, he, he, real, he recognizes he's made mistakes along the way. And I just feel like for a guy who coached, who has coached 18 seasons, at least in the NHL, yeah, you're probably bound to make some mistakes along the way. It's just, can, can you, could Yarmo get over those mistakes that he made if it meant that he was going to have a winning team. And I think Yarmo just did the calculation in his head and was like, he's the guy. And I'm just going to like, it's just any coach that you hire, you just have to trust that you're making the right decision, you know? And I just think when it comes to just purely, if you took out emotion from the game completely, I know you can't emotion needs to be a part of it. No doubt. You need to find a guy to uh, a fit in the locker room. But if you took out emotion of it, Babcock is the best hockey coach here. Um, and maybe people still disagree with that. But Yarmo interviewed several guys. Uh, I think he, I think the final list of guys was like ended up being like eight or nine guys. Uh, so that's a lot of players or a lot of players, a lot of coaches that Yarmo interviewed. And I just think he just thought this is the guy that's been the proven winner for the last two decades. Yes, he hasn't won a playoff series since oh, in over a decade, but he won a whole lot of playoff series before that. So I don't think it's a concern of, he doesn't know how to win one. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like, yes, I feel like when Yarmo did, when I saw Babcock was hired by the Blue Jackets, I instantly thought, yeah, that's Yarmo's last. This is a swan song here. This is his, I'm going to try to, I want to win a cup this year. And if it's not this year or not the next year, then I don't know if I can keep hiring guys. <laughs> that's what it felt like. And yeah, I totally agree. And I hadn't really put a ton of thought into like Yarmo's, uh, shelf life with this team because I do think he has done a lot of very good things for this team. Um, I think the last kind of couple of last kind of couple of seasons have kind of shown us. I think anyway, and this might just be me reading into it differently than a lot of people. I think that Yamakek Lyonen thinks he has a different team than what he actually has. Um, you know, Yamakek talks a lot about wanting the team to be gritty and tough to play against, and that team's not built that way. They go out and get Eric Gabranson to add grit and size and whatever, you know, and to me, that kind of, the, the Gabranson signing combined with this makes me think that that's just kind of who Yabo is as a, as a GM and what he values in this team, which is completely at odds with the way he drafts. So it's a really, it's a really weird thing. Um, also, this is, like I say, if this is Yamo's last chance, this is a wild swing to make. If you're like, okay, if this doesn't work, then my job is probably done. I don't know. I kind of respect him going big or going home, um, but I think Yamo's going to be going home. Um, I'll be interested to know when the contract information comes out, like how many years it's for, because if it's anything longer than three, I think we're going to have a real a real issue here. Um, there was a, a really um, let me find my YouTube comments for a second because uh, we haven't actually uploaded anything about this hiring yet. This will be the first thing that we that we do because I was on a plane all day yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, but someone went back and commented on a couple of old um, old things. Uh, Utterman Bow. Uh, I think he's the bridge coach for you guys. He is meticulous, hardworking, knows how to coach, but he's a guy that tires out his team long-term. Like Tortorella, who got you guys further than anyone, but he failed in hiring the right guy to be the guy. 
you need discipline, you need development. But after Babcock gets fired, after hopefully getting you guys back some postseason, you'll need a younger guy that's disciplined, knows the game, is a good coach, but isn't a retread. Paul Maurice was seen as a bad hire for Florida, but that was already a team loaded with proven talent, and they got Kachuk to add that last ingredient. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree with, with all of that. Like, I think this is this is a win-now hire, um, which I do kind of respect, but also I don't think the team is built to win now. And at a certain point, um, do you sacrifice the future of this team to win now? And I don't, I don't think so because I don't think this team can win now. So I think what you're doing is sacrificing the future to maybe win now, and that's a that is a gamble that I don't think. I don't think I like our chances in. Um, yeah, if the Babcock hire goes badly, um, if the Blue Jackets are a lottery pick again next season or the season after that, uh, I think I think Yamo gets gets his uh, gets his uh, his walking orders. Which is sad to say because he's been such a good GM, but. Mm-hmm. The truth is, he's been he's been here for a minute, so you know it's. I think he's like the second or third longest serving NHL GM. Yeah, I, I, that wouldn't shock me because this is he's he's this is his third coach he's hired. I believe you said um, when you did the stepping uh, on the race. Fourth coach. Did he um, hired Todd. I don't remember when Todd Richards was hired. Yeah, um, but either way, he's 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 gone through this time. He's gone through this at least three times now. Yeah. So okay, now that David Poyle is out for the Predators, uh, Yamakakalayan is the third longest, the third longest tenured uh, GM. Uh, the wow. only guys that have been in the game longer are Doug Armstrong for St. Louis and Kevin Chevaldeoff, who I didn't realize had been running the Winnipeg Jets since 2011. Yeah. So since they were the Thrashers, or when did they move? That was like maybe before that, but that was pro- actually that was uh, probably right when they got that there. That was their first, yeah, first mm-hmm. season as the Jets. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I- he's been around for a minute. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's done some really good things for this team. And, you know, I talk, I talk a big game about, um, about bad free agents. Like he brought us Johnny Gaudreau, um, which. Yeah. But know, how much do you credit that? Before, yeah. But how much do you know, credit Yarmo for that? And this is maybe something that we can do over the next kind of week or so is look at Kekalainen's tenure as like hiring choice uh, in terms of his hiring choices. Cause I think his, his skill in the draft is unparalleled. I think he is one of the best drafting GMs out there, and that makes sense because he was a scout before he was a GM. But I think his coaching hires, I think his free agent hires, I think his trading, they all leave a little bit to be desired. Um, so we'll I disagree. Gonna... I liked the Torts hire. I thought... I mean, I, I, th- I go back and forth. I hated it at the time. The thing, about the, tor- the thing about the Tortorella era of the Blue Jackets is he put some respect on this team's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, for better or worse, you know, I disagree with his methods. Um, I, have some, I have a lot of problems with Tortorella as a person. That was the most successful this team has ever been under Tortorella. Six-year um, run, I, yeah. I think that's what we'll talk about maybe in the in the next segment, not to kind of steamroll over your <laughs> what your not plans were. But, like, can Mike Babcock be a good thing for this team if he can bring that kind of Tortorella? What, what, what did he have up in the in the locker oh, room? Safe as death. Mm-hmm. He had a sign saying safe as death up in the, in the locker mm-hmm. room. Um, when when Toro was in charge, and I wonder if I don't think so, but I wonder if we can kind of get some of that back with Mike Babcock. Yeah, we will continue the discussion here on Locked On Blue Jackets in a mere moment, but first a pause. And as Jay 
said back there, he was not a fan of Torts hire, and many weren't at the time because he was a hire similar to this one. Just a guy had been through it, uh, a little bit older of a coach came in, and he was good. You would define this as a good run that he had. Uh, obviously, Babcock is a, is a different coach. He is it's a similar hire, but he is a different coach. I think Babcock puts a little bit more emphasis on puck possession rather than defense which is going to be good for Columbus because I think they have a, a lot of really talented players that know how to possess the puck really, really well. So I think that will be good for there. But the question is, is there other good in this hire? Is this going to be a good hire? Like what, what does this hire realistically, how is this thing going to play out? And I just feel like October, November, and December will probably be some competitive blue jacket or i know i'm gonna say this i think october will be some competitive blue jackets hockey right out of the right out of the off season we'll see that and then maybe when we get further into the year it will start to get exactly like it did in the torts years like once you get past christmas it got scary man it was just float trying to stay alive as much as you can and and uh scrap and claw to try to get into the playoffs that's what i feel like this this first season's gonna be like it's gonna be a just try to get in the playoff season with some competitive hockey. The question is, is will the players continue to listen to Babcock throughout the year? I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the way I look at Babcock like this, Jay, is when he was in Detroit, my dad was a Red Wings fan. I was a Blue Jackets fan. We were living in Columbus. That series when the Jackets went head-to-head with the Red Wings, it was a fun time in the household. Not for me because I was rooting for the Blue Jackets and my dad was rooting for the Red Wings and they dunked on us. But, man, I just kept thinking how much I hate Mike Babcock. Like, I hate that guy. Like, ugh, like everything – like, he just – his hair looks good. His hair matches the same team as the that he's that he's – coaching like it just it bothers me everything about him he's just so polished and he's he was this young looking guy handsome and then he left and won won a cup almost won back to back there left that job for toronto to coach back at what i assume was maybe his favorite team growing up or whatever but he's from canada he knew toronto is pretty much the club of that country although i think some people would argue it's edmonton but um or Montreal, maybe some other people would argue that, uh, some older folks for sure. But uh, yeah, he went back to coach Toronto. He had some good teams there, but didn't win, didn't get them out of the playoff or didn't get them out of the first round. I just see a guy that is is an older, more wise version of that Red Wings coach. Now, I know that's hard to say because after he was at the Red Wings is when he had that thing with the, the Leafs and Marner and... And that doll didn't work. But again, I keep coming back to he said he knows that that was wrong. So like he uh, he won't do that again. Uh, he says that mental health is he understands that there's a difference between mental health and trying to pull the best out of a player like or, or just a player just not willing to listen. And I think that's just what this is. Like if the players aren't willing to listen to their coach, Jay, and the coach is just from the bottom of his heart trying to get them to play better hockey and the players aren't listening to that then that's almost a problem on the players. And a lot of times fans don't get to see that. We don't know sometimes if the, if the players are responding or not responding. We do know that they're responding when they have a good coach and they're winning games. Like we would say the Pittsburgh Penguins for years have listened to what Mike Sullivan's saying. Something's working. The 
Lightning are listening to what John Cooper's saying. So that's exactly how the season's going to go, right? It's either going to like they're going to be competitive and it's going to be fine, or they're going to lose right away and they're going to struggle and it's going to be clear they are not listening to what Babcock's saying, and then it's going to be miserable. Here's the thing, and I think this is this is something that hasn't maybe been clear in how I've talked about this higher on this episode, or you know, I said some things on Twitter that I stand by. I would love to be proven wrong. That's the thing about this. You know, I would love for him to come in here and, you know, I think, um, I think, uh, uh, let's go back to John Tortorella for a second. That season in Vancouver that he had was terrible. And he acknowledged that. And I genuinely think that between that and coming to the Blue Jackets, I think he really worked on himself as a person. I think he went to anger management classes. I think he learned how to deal with that. I think he was in a bad place when he got that Vancouver job. He'd just been fired by um, New York. I think he, he changed. Um, I think he became a, a better person. Did some some things with the Blue Jackets that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I didn't like his comments about Anthony Duclair at the time. Um, and I don't like his comments on how, uh, on his, what was it? Um, any player that doesn't stand up for the anthem is getting benched. Like I, I fully yeah. disagree with that. You know, like this is this is not the 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 fight here. But I would love to be proven wrong about Mike Babcock, and maybe I will be. This is the thing: the the knee jerk reaction, and I think it's a justified knee jerk reaction of a lot of people. Is to be this is going to be terrible. This is all going to go so badly. I would love for that not to be the case. Um, and maybe he, yeah, like I said, maybe he comes in. Maybe he, and I think a lot of it is going to be. On the ice performance, if this team wins, I think a lot of people are going to be willing to overlook a lot of things, um, which is maybe right, maybe wrong. Um, I do want to just kind of bring it back as well uh, before we kind of uh, wrap up here. I knew I'd seen, excuse me, I knew I'd seen some tweets about this. Uh, so at Union and Blue on Twitter, um, Mike Babcock is certainly a bold play. Something many of you know about yours truly, I used to live in a WHL city. That city was Spokane, Washington, where Babcock used to coach. That was a few years before my time there, but I know some things. He gets lumped in stylistically with coaches like John Tortorella and Ken Hitchcock, but that's actually not fair. He likes his team to play with a lot of puck possession and relies on a system stemming from that. Now, with that said, where he does have some similarities with those kind of coaches, he's fiercely competitive, makes guys accountable to themselves, no shifts off. If true, this changes the direction and timeline for this team immensely. We'll see if that's good or not. But what we have to hope for is that he's adapted. I don't see the core talent of this team responding well to the heavy hand approach. This could be a make or break Kyring. He's a great tactician of the game, but will he do more harm than good? I and just I think that's what I keep going back to is say he gets results this season. Next and next off season, um, if I just pull up the Blue Jackets cap friendly page, uh, contracts fire this season. Kent Johnson. Karel Marchenko, Cole Sillinger. Those are those are big. Yeah, that, that's that, those are contracts you need to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Igor Chinikov is also. Yep, Igor Chinikov is uh, also up for uh, a contract extension at that time. Year yeah. after that, you've got Samuel Konasko needs to uh, re-upping t- a year after that. Corson Kuhlman's David Juracek, Denton Matejchuk. If you make it so your young players don't want to sign here, then we're going to start this whole cycle all over again of players don't want to be in Columbus. Players want to leave Columbus. And I'm just, I'm so tired. I can't do that again. Mm. I go back to, I, 
I would love to be wrong about this. I would love to see a different Mike Babcock than we've seen in the past. I just, maybe it's that I've seen so many, um, oh, he's changed, it's different now, stories in the NHL that clearly are not the case. You know? Yeah, true. A lot of, well, this this player did a bad thing, but now he's better, and then he does exactly this, like, um... Who am I thinking? I I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. That well, just like, just the way that they play. I mean, like, so, yeah, okay, Jacob Truba. Let's take Jacob yeah. Truba as an example. He makes a bad hit, apologizes for it, and then the, like th- last season or maybe the season before, he put three guys in the hospital in like a six week span. It was exactly the same hit, you know. And so you will forgive me if I don't give Jacob Truba the benefit of the doubt when it comes to those kind of plays. It's the same thing with Mike Babcock, I think. Um, he has a very, very short leash with me, but I am willing to give him that leash. Um, and I think this is something we're going to continue talking about, I think, over the next couple of weeks, as uh, it's not been officially announced also. Uh, when is, is it June 30th his, uh, his contract runs out with the Leafs? Correct. So, yeah, so there's still... He has not been announced as the head coach yet officially by no, the I team. I believe Yama Kakalainen uh, has basically denied that it's true, uh, which is very <laughs> funny. He did some so, an insider text him. I don't remember which one, but he basically said no. To, that's all he said to a text asking if things had solidified within the coaching conversation. So, so all, all I say, kind of all I say but. to you, the listener that is very upset about this. There is like a maybe a small window that it's not true because maybe Mike Hapak will decide <laughs> that he doesn't want to come to Columbus. Maybe, maybe this yeah. contract situation will be <laughs> a huge buffer somehow. So basically, the Blue Jackets have the Blue Jackets could buy out the final month of the contract, but I just think maybe financially it just doesn't make sense. As and they're far like, as I we understand w- it. Uh, I saw a tweet about this earlier actually, but I was looking for those other tweets on Babcock. Uh, the Leafs and the Blue Jackets were unable to come to an agreement on buying out that last month of his contract. So I think they're just going to sit there and wait. But that's, um, yeah, I kind of have a problem with that already because I'm like, okay, so, I mean, I don't know if coaches are allowed to coach the month of June, but that kind of sucks that we just don't have a head coach for the month of June, right? Because if he has a contract with the Leafs, I imagine he's not allowed to be doing anything with the Blue Jackets just from yeah. a pure so, like, yeah. rules. So he, July 1st will be his, his start yeah. Um, I Which I guess is not. To, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume you probably will send some texts and stuff. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's allowed to interact with the players in terms of a, a work thing. It's I don't know. It's a whole thing. I genuinely didn't realize he was still being paid by the Leafs. Um, that that contract that they gave him was just bonkers. But it's I don't know. And again, this is something that I am sure we will talk about in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Is what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Has he changed? I would love for, and I, I am 100% sure that none of the Blue Jackets media listens to this podcast. If you are listening, please ask questions about this. Ask what he did to, like, ask ask him what he learned from his time in Toronto. Ask him if he has And his time in Detroit and his time in Anaheim. Like, we keep like, saying Toronto is where he had the issues. He, he had he, he issues all the way through. Yes, Johan Franzen, Mike Commodore, like other teams, he's had an issue with one specific player. So it's like, and others, um, but certainly big names at each 
franchise. Yeah. So like if you're uh, yeah, if you are a, a credentialed Blue Jackets media member, you are in these press conferences, like don't just ignore all this. Don't just take it at face value with that one interview he did a couple of years ago where he apologized and said that he changed. Like question him on that. What did you do to educate yourself? What have you learned? Like what would you do if you felt like you were in the same position today? Like you can't just because that's the other thing. Hockey loves to just pretend that these issues have gone away by not talking about it. Hockey loves to sweep things under the rug. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all they their do. favorite yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, look, look, and we don't have time to get into all of this, but Gary Bettman saying that he thinks the game has never been safer under George Paros in charge of Department of Player Safety. Like, I could do an entire week of episodes about why, about how stupid that is as a content, as a comment. But Gary Bettman has loves, a whole house full of brooms and dustpans for sweeping. That's all he does. Like, it's his house is entirely rugs. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, again, go back to go back to a Simpsons bit when they sweep everything under the carpet and the carpet's all like this. You know, yeah. um, it's I don't know. It's it's all. It's a mess, but don't let this go away quietly. Talk to him, question him, hold him accountable. Because um, I feel like too often what we get as fans is, well, this player's changed, this person has changed, and then we get absolutely, and then it goes away, and then it's never talked about again, and we never get any any answers on like how he changed or what he did to educate himself or, you know, things like that. I think it's something we're going to see again with the rotation of, I'm fully expecting Joel Quenville and Stan Bowman to be back in the NHL in October. Oh, see, that's... And that's, that's, that, should, that should not be no, the case. That is, yeah. that is uh, abhorrent. We're no. not going to... What we're going to hear is they apologize. They've learned. They're excited to get back into the NHL. They feel bad for Kyle Beach. Like, I could I could write their... their notes app statements for them at this point you know but we're never i i don't think we will get any kind of indication on what they did to better themselves or what they did to learn like i don't know the whole thing the whole thing sits really badly with me and again we can't get into that because i have to go to a baseball game and uh, i assume <laughs> that you also have uh, sunday plans i hope the weather is as nice uh where you are as it is for, for us right now over yeah, it's here like in, in sunny Minneapolis. Approaching 90 today, I'm sure it's here in Columbus. It's going to be a warm one here. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it wrap Absolutely. It if we want. But mm-hmm. yeah. that's, my, that's my, my, my one final takeaway with this. Keep him accountable. Mm-hmm. Keep him accountable. Yes, yes. As he keeps the – I thought we had a good dynamic with that, by the way, as, as, as a franchise when Torts was here. I mm-hmm. felt like Torts – kept the players accountable sometimes actually a lot of times he went too far benching certain players that i really really like for no reason just because they're not playing his defense um but i feel like for the most part that didn't happen too crazy i felt like the front office did keep torts in check enough so if, if this front office if they can like i i trust the hockey minds of jd and yarmo and babcock together in a room Sorry, also, one, one last thing before is... Um, Please. You talked about Zach Wierenski uh, saying mm-hmm. that he trusts Yamo. Uh, there was a follow-up tweet in that thread that said, um, I believe it was Boone Jenner, Zach Wierenski, and uh, Johnny Gaudreau were all talked to about this hiring. And I'd like to think if all three of those guys had said, actually, no, we don't want this guy here, they would have listened. So mm-hmm. maybe this is what the players want. I think they want a winner, Jay. I do yeah. think they want a winner at behind the bench because no offense to Brad Larson. He was a great, great, I'm sure great players coach, but 
I think at the end of the day, these players sit there. They love their they love to look at their bank account, but I think they watch the Stanley Cup Finals and think, man, I, I kind of want that to be me, and I, and whatever it takes to get there, you know. And guys like Gaudreau, Boone Jenner, Zach Renski, their game at the level it's at is good. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they need to bring these younger guys. They they know what it's like to be a rookie in the league and a young person in the league. They know who Mike Babcock is. They've been in this league long enough and coached and played against him. Like th- I, there's this. Yes, does he have stuff on the outside? But at the end of the day, the goal is to build a winner, and people are going to have to overcome their differences for the sake of working together. And I think that's what happened here in Columbus over this summer. And we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it gels because it's going to have to. It's going to have to gel almost perfectly in order for this to work because you got a lot of egos centering yeah. around Columbus right now, and it could I just be a. Well, it could be an explosion. Um, a lot of the, the Blue Jackets, I think, has to do a lot of work to undo the culture that Tortorella left in this room. Mm-hmm. Like that last season with Tortorella, the players were all miserable. None of them were having fun. The first season with Brad Larson, okay, they didn't perform as well as expected. But in that, like, in locker cleanout day, every single player was like, this is the most fun I've had playing hockey in years. I love this room. I love this team. Like, I love this atmosphere. I think the biggest quote for me is that they bring Mike Babcock in and he steamrolls all over that. But mm-hmm. this is, again, this is something that we can kind of unpick over the next couple of weeks uh, when presumably mm-hmm. they will make it official at some point. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So keep checking in with Locked On because we'll have stuff all summer on this. I'm sure eventually here we'll get Babcock with boots on the ground in Columbus. He'll have his press conference, which, by the way, For those who don't like Mike Babcock, you will like him in the press conference because he's Canadian, he's got good hair, and he will sweet-talk you, okay? He's much not like Torts in that way. He will sweet-talk you. He's very good at saying all of the right things. So just remember, for those who don't like him and want to keep him in check, don't don't fall in love with his hair and his sweet Canadian-ness. He's he's still mean Babcock underneath, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, so... Big, big podcast episode this week. Uh, prospect profile on Calum Ritchie. That's coming tomorrow and a whole bunch of other stuff later on in the week. But that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening, for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets, again, is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube and the SiriusXM app. I've been Hayden Hileshorn. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. Our co-host, Jay Foster. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can also find the account locked on blue jackets on Twitter at LO underscore blue jackets. You can also email us. Jay, get some emails locked on blue jackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.